hang on tight. Fish Talk Radio is about to take you on a fishing adventure. You're about to go places you have even yet to desire and revisit familiar favorites with live, on-the-water expert insider tips. Now, sit up straight, pay attention, take notes, and join the party for a blue water, white water, and calm water adventure. Check out fish tips and trips online at fishtalkradio.com. And now, the all-natural attitude adjustment. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio and... And we have the uh, world-famous realtor fisherman Mark O'Farrell in studio with us who's going to help out today. And we have on the line the Grizz. And uh, Grizz, where are you? I'm in the Bocana, John. La Bocana. I'm in, uh, yeah, I'm in the northern part of uh, Baja California Sur. Okay, are you at the dock on the water or where are you? I just got in from a great day of fishing, and I just went into my cabin. Your cabin? Yeah. You have your own cabin there? The cabin's here right on. Log cabins, believe it or not, right on the beach. (laughs) Well, we've talked about that a little bit, but we're going to have to talk some more about that and get some people to go down there because it sounds like fishing is pretty good. Well, John, the great thing about it is the fishing is absolutely incredible here. And when you come in, if you just want to go to your cabin and relax a few minutes, and then go right out on the beach, that's where I caught my world record uh, grouper, right in front of the cabins on the beach. Oh, that was uh, about a month or so ago? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, the I got certified by the IGFA. And it is officially the largest grouper ever caught on a fly in the world. Okay, but Grizz, you know, we, you know, you yep. and I have talked. We know about the Grizz factor, but no, uh, this is IGFA. I know it has nothing to do with Grizz factor. I know, but how many how many uh, groupers have been caught on a fly? They uh, well reported to the IGFA. I don't know, but the largest one ever caught is mine. And that was how much? I don't know how many. 30, right at, it's 35.6. Pounds. On a, on a, on a, what, what size was the tippet? On a 20-pound uh, tippet. 20-pound tippet. Man, that tippet. sounds like fun. Anyway, Grizz, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to have Brian Hatch from AO Coolers on the line with us. And I think you might have something to talk to him about. So why don't you just yeah. uh, hang on uh, for a minute? You'll be surprised. Well, we'll be right back with you. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. 
for your outdoor adventure in the West, CalParksCO.com is required. CalParks has 24 prime locations for camping, fishing, or boating. Lake Comanche has 54 miles of shoreline and three marinas west of San Francisco, known locally as Monster Lake because of the big fish in abundance. Lake Hemet is surrounded by the majestic beauty of tall pines and giant oaks in the mountains of Southern California, a majestic vacation spot. CalParks Company is your prime location for outdoor adventures in the West. Founded in 1697 as the capital of Las Californias, Loreto, is a relaxing small Baja town with an international airport. Beautiful sandy beaches with snorkeling and fishing is available just in front of your resort. Old world charm, hospitality, and you will love the people and moderate climate. The Villa del Palmar at the islands of Loreto, a luxury resort on the Sea of Cortez, is hosting its first Dorado tournament the end of June. Very affordable, lots of prizes, and world-class fishing. Contact Fish Talk Radio or Villa del Palmar Loreto and get your team together. Many other activities are also available. Fly into Loreto and a van will pick you up. Enjoy the great fishing, golf, exploring, water sports, or the spa. The Villa del Palmar will give you the best Baja at surprising value. Enter the first Villa del Palmar Loreto's Dorado Tournament. Stay at the resort or we can recommend many fine accommodations. Villa del Palmar Loreto.com the East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Built a tug on the line and I didn't pay attention I was spinning way too fast Before I knew it, I was staring at a ten-pound shiny bass Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, sitting next to me is... Uh, Marco Farrell, and we're going to probably talk to him a bit later in the show about some of the exciting stuff he's up to. And we have the Grizz on the line, and he's got some, believe it or not, true stories that he's going to tell us. This is not fishing. Keep it up, John. <laughs> These are not fishing stales. These are real stories. Real. And he's got pictures and everything. And then we also have uh, Brian Hatch, who is the, uh, I guess he's the man behind AO Coolers, soft-sided cooler. Oh, i got to talk to you about that, Brad, about uh, what I took up to Alaska with us and how I used those. Oh, perfect. But uh, it's been it's so exciting. So why don't we, geez, who do we start with? Um, let's start with Grizz. Grizz, tell us which well, you are, John, what you're I'm doing. Here, I'm here in the Volcana. I went out this morning, and uh, actually I went fishing for a white sea bass. But didn't find them. But by golly, we got into some of the best yellowtail fishing I ever had in my life. Uh, Charles, my son, uh, he landed one that I would say the least is 75 pounds, and it might win 80. And all the people here at the dock when we got in wanted pictures with it because they've never seen one so big. And it's one of the biggest ones I've ever seen, if not. And then we caught calico bass which, you know, we don't kill calico. We release them. And then we caught uh, some big groupers, too. I got a grouper right around 45, 50 pounds and some smaller ones, and we released all of those. But 
Friends, we got Brian on the line. Brian sent me down some coolers. So I said, I'm going to take them down and try them out. First of all, leaving La Paz, which is a 12-hour drive, we put cold drinks in it. Not alcoholic beverages, but uh, water mostly. And they kept it cold all the way. We had all the ice. Uh, it didn't melt hardly anything. We got it up, and we still got ice. Now, that was yesterday at 5.30 in the morning, and we still got ice right now. And then we caught a couple small yellowtail, and we just gutted them and put them right into the cooler. So, I mean, this thing, these soft coolers, you know, I didn't know much about them, and we don't see them here in Mexico. But I could just throw it in the back of my Suburban. It doesn't take up space. I threw it in the back of the boat. It was in the stern of the boat with ice we get the water and things we want to drink out of it then we just open it up and flip the fish in it's the damnedest thing you've ever seen john <laughs> you know i uh i took two of them to alaska on the trip we just recently got back from and if you don't mind i'm going to take a, i'm going to say a, a a little bit of a i won't know if it's politics or what but first of all do not ever fly delta airlines I think they call it uh, Delta is the acronym for do uh, do not expect your luggage or whatever it is. But anyway, um, we left at uh, 11 o'clock. I got to LAX at about 12 o'clock. And thank God I had that cooler with the frozen fish in it. Because, you know, by the time I got at home, you know, which was about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, frozen solid. Yeah, you don't need any extra cooling apparatuses or anything. You just uh, put the fish in there once they're frozen, and it'll stay for hours. Not a problem at all. No, it'll stay for days. What are you talking about, hours? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, Brian, we'll talk about the coolers in a minute. But let's uh, let's hear some more from the Grizz about his uh, fish tails. Well, no, that's about all I got to say, John. Okay. I mean, the fishing here in La Bocana is absolutely incredible. Now, Grizz, you say, uh, it, you say it quickly. La, it's La Bocana, right? Two words, uh-huh. La Bocana. And that yeah. is on the Pacific side, uh, about halfway down the, the uh, Baja Peninsula. Is that about right? Exactly right. Okay. And by the way, Grizz, yeah. um, I know that you're affiliated. We, you know, you're, where are you sitting right now? I am sitting in my log cabin about uh, 25 yards from the ocean on the beach. And if someone would like to go down there and share that adventure, I'm sure we can figure out how to make arrangements for that. Oh, it's it's absolutely incredible. They've got log cabins here right on the beach. I mean, literally log cabins like you would see up in the mountains. Wow. they got great sports boats. Uh, I even got a sporting goods store here. I mean, they got everything you can imagine. You know, John, if it gets too windy out there in the blue water or the waves get up, you can go back in the estuaries. Absolutely fantastic fishing in the estuaries, especially fly fishing. But it is catch and release in the estuaries. We're very proud to say that. Right. Hey, Brian, what do you think? Think we're going to take some of your coolers down there and try them out? Absolutely, I got no problem going down there. That'd be perfect. <laughs> okay. I'll go down there and do some well, fishing. Well, I'll tell you, 
I, I've heard a lot of Grizz about fishing and stuff. I, I want to see it firsthand, see if he really is a true fisherman. <laughs> Trust me. I taught him everything he knows, and he knows how to fish. Yeah. Well, we, we were down in Florida last week. We were at the uh, ICAST show. You guys right. familiar with the ICAST show? Oh, of show? course. That's the big one. Yeah. Yeah. We are down there. It's very busy. We revealed one of our new coolers that we just came out with. I'll send you some pictures of it. But No, send me some coolers. Yeah. Well, we only have one of them. That's how new it is. We don't even have a bunch of them we just have one of them but basically it's going to be in between a soft cooler and a hard cooler oh. so it's going to be light like a soft cooler but it's going to work uh basically comparable to a rotor molded cooler yeah well what i really like about uh, go ahead you know uh brian sometimes that's the way i am <laughs> i'm a hard cooler but soft <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle but uh, yeah. no, the, the the great thing about the uh, I took two to Alaska with me. One was a carry on, and a bigger one that I brought fish back in. Uh, but the carry on, you know, it'll hold probably forty fifty pounds of fillets, mm-hmm. um, and you can stick it in the overhead bin above you. Yep. And and you know it takes up you know and on the boat it you know it's it's it doesn't slide around it just kind of doesn't really take up any space and I'm sure Grizz. That's would, one yeah. of the yeah that's one of the biggest things. I, this, today is the first time. Yesterday is the first time I ever had it in my suburban. Today was the first time I ever had it in the boat. We set it in the middle of the boat. We started out with it in the bow. We set it up there out of the way. It did not move. Going through the high waves, going out through the mouth, it did not jump. It did not move like this. Like my, excuse me, Pelican, but my Pelican, I love them, but they work good, but they are a pain in the butt. They slide all over the damn place. And I mean, they make noise. And if you hit a wave wrong, they'll slide right and hurt your feet. After we kept, took it to the bow, we started catching some smaller fish we wanted to take home. So we put it in the stern, and it was completely out of the way. It didn't bother anything, and that's the amazing thing. Really. Yeah, that's what we try to uh, portray to our, our customers, and that's one of our you know, kind of slogans that we use. You know, uh, our, our coolers are not going to scratch up your boat. They're not going to move around on the boat. They're not going to hurt any kids or any adults on the boat. Once you fill it up and you put it on the boat, it basically stays right there. And Brian. That's what you need. Hey, Brian, Mark has a question for you. Bouncing around and stuff. If there's stuff moving around that right. can scratch the boat up or hurt the boat. or Brian, even hurt Brian, we've only got about a minute un- left, but uh, Mark, Marco has a question for you. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I mean, we're, t- we're talking about all these great features, but I think we're we're all conservation minded here and we like to catch and release when we can but if we are going to harvest a fish i think it's paramount of most importance to take the best quality care of that fish, not let it lay in the sun, oh, get yeah. curled, get dried out. And I think your coolers are perfect uh, solution for something that can be small, hold a couple bags of ice, and be out of the way while you're fishing. Mexico? No. Okay. Well, no, I got to get one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll work on that. Anyway, anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. That uh, anyway, we're going to have to get going. So, Brian, real quickly, how do we find about? Uh, it's AO, which originally I guess meant American Outdoor. Amer- AO Coolers. Is it AOCoolers.com? Yep. AOCoolers.com or West Marine has them in all the West Marine stores, and uh, even Home Depot has them in uh, Home Depot here in uh, Southern California and uh, in Arizona. But any West Marine store has a big variety of our coolers. Yeah, well, we're going to see if we can get some in Mexico. And soon. soon you'll be able to buy them in Ace Hardware's. 
all over Mexico. There you go. Yep, we're going to go south of the border. All right, you guys. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com. If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed-cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. For your outdoor adventure in the West, CalParksCO.com is required. CalParks has 24 prime locations for camping, fishing, or boating. Shasta Trinity Recreation Area is breathtakingly beautiful with all amenities, offering the best camping in California. California's largest reservoir, Diamond Valley, is just 90 miles from Los Angeles or San Diego, designed for an incredible fishery. At Silver Falls Lodge in Oregon, no need to rough it. Stunning beauty and first-class accommodations. Whatever your desire, CalParksCO.com has it. East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio, and we have Marco Farrell sitting here next to me, and he's he's so anxious. He's got some exciting stories to tell, but he hasn't had time yet, so we'll get to him. We have Grizz on the line with us that, uh, man, what a story that is. And Grizz, uh, you were at uh, La Bocana, which is a very small town uh, at the mouth of this estuary about halfway down the Baja on the Pacific side, correct? 
And yes, I am. And you were sitting in a log cabin after coming in off the water, and apparently you had a good day on the lake, on the water. Yeah, I had a great day. It couldn't have got any better. Okay. Yeah. It yeah. just couldn't. We had the best yellowtail fishing, and yesterday we had some great fly fishing, so we've just had a great time. i got to go back tomorrow. I'm sad about that, but I had a good afternoon fly fishing yesterday, and it couldn't have been any better. My son caught the biggest yellowtail i ever seen in my life. Hey, hey Grizz, what kind of uh, reels do you use when you're fly fishing? You know, I'm having a hard time to think about which one is the best, but I'll be perfectly honest with you, John. I don't go fishing without my Ross reels. <laughs> now, we talk about bill fishing. I use a 12-weight to a 13-weight. You talk about fishing the estuaries. I use a 9. And you talk about the trout. The bass. I'm yeah. using 6. No, for bass, I use an 8. Okay. Well, actually, as I recall, I don't know if we mentioned that or not, but you hold the IGF, IGFA record for the largest grouper on a fly. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Officially. Yeah. It'll and, be in the book next year. And what kind of a reel did you use on that? Um, I, I just can't leave the Ross alone. They're so good to me. Ross reels. I love them. I love the drag system. I love palming them. And that's all I fish. I mean, Charles and I went out and caught over 100 fish on Ross Reels last night. We caught Corina. We caught Grouper. Was was this in the estuary? Yeah, in the estuary. Yeah, Uh okay. We couldn't throw it today because it was some windy. We wanted to go out in the blue water and fish yellowtail, but it was too windy, so we went trolling instead. But anyway, we caught fish. Yeah. But Ross Reels is the best. They hold up. I take them everywhere. They're flying with me all the time. In fact, we have permanent Ross Reels in my suitcase with rods. In case you never know when you might be able to go fishing, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. I always got one in your trunk. Anyway, um, we do have Bart Lamoth from Ross Reels on the line with us. And, uh, you know, we don't mean to embarrass you, Bart, but uh, apparently you've got, a, you've got a product. Now, you just recently came back from Florida at the ICAST show, which is not open to the general public. It's it's a trade organization so that you know it's it's where all the new products come out and all the buyers and manufacturers get together uh how did that work out for you worked out really well and grizz thanks for the love my friend always glad to hear it <laughs> um, but yeah well you we know the- Bert, you've been getting pictures haven't you i have my friend and we've been putting them on social so thanks for that um, but we, we hey, had a real good good time see? at the ICAST and the IFTD portion of it, which is the, the fly fishing portion of the show. And you're right, uh, John, it's a trade show for our dealers and the media to come. And we were fortunate enough that our Colorado LT, our brand-new Click and Paul fly reel, uh, won best of show in IFTD and ICAST for best new fly reel. Wow. Well, what's different about that? Uh, the reel itself is just super lightweight. It's a it's back to kind of it's a mix of classic and modern. When it's a classic style of uh, original fly reels that just had a little tooth and a and a spring against yeah. the gear to slow it, slow it down, but also it's uh, just incredible machining. Um, we joke and call it machining kung fu here at the factory <laughs> that our guys came up with just an incredible design. Oh, lightweight and strong. Wow! Uh, actually, Marco just pulled that picture on the computer. Yeah, that is. Uh, um, it's almost like 
<laughs> Basically, it's it's. Uh, how would you describe that, Marco? Minimalist and uh, almost a Celtic design. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, and that's um, you know our tagline with it and our marketing has always been has been less is more. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's it with super ultralight fly rods and you know fly rod side of things. Things are getting so lightweight. And guys are actually getting back to things like fiberglass and these these uh, for small streams and trout fishing, and we've designed these reels with those folks in mind. Um, and we're seeing not only them, but uh, the folks that are doing more of the traditional fly fishing with graphite rods and mm-hmm. on big water that want just a simple lightweight reel. And this thing is uh, with that. With now, how big does that reel go up with, to Bert? How, only the five point? weight, Grizz. That's as big as we're going to make that sucker. We might. Uh, we might do a larger version coming up because, believe it or not, we got some saltwater guys that are light saltwater guys uh, that are yeah. wondering if we'll make a big one. <laughs> yeah, uh, here's one of them right here, yeah. Bert. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Bart, would you do me a favor and comment a little bit? Now, you know, ever since the movie, you know, what we have been talking about came out about 20-some years ago. Yes, sir. And it, kind of the emergence of uh, fly fishing. But it, it has continued to grow. Um, and can you can make a comment about the difference between the two, and is there starting to be some crossover? Oh, between conventional and uh, and fly. Yes. Yeah, there is. Uh, you know, it's a lot of the technical aspects in fly rods uh, tend to come from the conventional side. So you see the folks that'll. Uh, you know, design both. Um, you see, like, G. Loomis is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing more and more at ICAST, since we're there with the conventional side, the conventional uh, buyers and the conventional guys coming over into our section to see what's new and see what's going on. But conversely, um, like, our engineer was down there, and he was walking around the conventional side, because that's where we get a lot of our ideas for hmm. things that will work on our end of the end of the fishing spectrum, as it were. You mean, like, drag systems or something, or what? or components of drag systems or things of that nature. Uh-huh. And a lot of the material stuff that you'll see the conventional side start in the fly side because we're always looking for lighter, stronger, et cetera. And so they'll come kind of knocking on our door a lot of times to see what's going on. Hmm. And mark my words, within the next 10 years, you're going to see somebody at a major uh, bass tournament uh, place with fishing with just a fly rod. You know, it seems to me some months ago we mentioned that. And as far as a tournament, uh, it's, I don't know if it's illegal, but they don't do it. But fly fishing actually can work better than conventional in many times. So what, what, what is the ruling? I mean, if you are at a professional bass tournament, can you use a fly rod? The, the official ruling is and the rod needs to be under eight foot in length. Oh, okay. That is the official standing. So you see bass rods being made, yeah. quote unquote bass rods for trout, they're for right. fly fishing, that are seven foot, 11 inches long. Oh. <laughs> and they don't care what kind of a fly or what you, know, what you throw or what the line is. So you could, as long as it's under eight feet, you could do that. Absolutely, and that's. Uh, I know there's a couple of guys whose names escape me, of course, at the moment that uh, that are out there and, and chasing. Oh, Chris Hart, he's one of them. Um, he's one of our former reps. He's he's chasing it, and that's one of his goals is to, you know, if the time is right in the tournament, he's going to use the long run and see what he can do to to get to uh, get some fish. Yeah. Well, I, Bird, I have won three tournaments. Uh, you know, conventional bass tournaments with a fly rod. <laughs> there's the boy down here in Mexico. Uh, are they under eight feet, Grizz? No. <laughs> but you're in Mexico, no, right? It's all legal. We don't have that regulation yeah. down here in Mexico. Yeah. 
Well, I guess the other thing, too, is that, uh, you know, when you're fly fishing, if you're going for, you know, records or something, they have a whole different set of rules because um, you can't be under power. And, you know, there's some rules that go with that. But if you're in a bass tournament, I guess uh, whoever catches the, the biggest fish wins, right? Well, it's the biggest uh, three or five fish, yeah. the total uh, all the way. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you when know, it, the thing about fly fishing for bass, you can cover ten times more water than you can with a conventional rod. Why is that? Because you you make two uh, casts, false casts, you double haul, you strip, you pick it up, throw it again, strip, and I can cover six inches of water where a conventional will only be able to cover like two foot, two and a half foot. And he's absolutely right. And there's the the advantage too is if let's say it's particularly with top water, you know, that's we've all experienced that bass comes up and misses the plug, you gotta crank that thing right back in to toss it, whereas with a fly rod you can pick it right back up and lay it right back down on that same spot. You got that right. You pick it right up and put it right back in his mouth. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, there's nothing better than fly fish. <laughs> well, I guarantee you, I've uh, I've seen it myself where you get conventional fishing. Some, I told a story before, but I think it was up, where was it, uh, um, uh, the beginning of the Santa Ana River, is there was, we were fly fishing, and the guide, you know, was, you know, we were catching some fish, and there was a, there was a, you know, a middle-aged guy and his son fishing, and they were there for about 45 minutes, and, you know, they put all kinds of different stuff in the water. Didn't catch nothing. The guide went up there and dropped a fly in. Within 10 seconds, he had a fish on. <laughs> well, John, well, just to take that back, you remember I just did a uh, television show about fly fishing in the state of Mexico for trout. Uh-huh. There was a family there that caught one fish in eight hours, and Charles and I caught 27 fish in one half hour. <laughs> and that's not to mention too uh you know fly fishing is a uh, uh just making a good cast is very rewarding as well yeah. you don't well, have to catch a fish yeah well that's exactly. that's part of the fun well fish don't live in ugly places as grizz always says anyway bart we're going to have to let you go but yep. we're excited about your award and about roth reels and we want to get you back on again and see if we can get more people interested in the sport absolutely thank well, you thanks thanks guys make it quick if anybody wants to fly fish, they got to have a Ross reel. From the smallest <laughs> to the biggest. They all work. Yeah. Well, Believe me, you can I find know. Ross, RossReels.com, does that work, Bart? Yes, sir, that's perfect. Okay, all right, thanks, Bart. Thanks, thanks Bart. Thank you, John. Right. I would. Founded in 1697 as the capital of Las Californias, Loreto, is a relaxing small Baja town with an international airport. Beautiful sandy beaches with snorkeling and fishing is available just in front of your resort. Old world charm, hospitality, and you will love the people and moderate climate. The Villa del Palmar at the Islands of Loreto, a luxury resort on the Sea of Cortez, is hosting its first Dorado tournament the end of June. Very affordable, lots of prizes, and 
world-class fishing. Contact Fish Talk Radio or Villa Del Palmar, Loretto, and get your team together. Many other activities are also available. Fly into Loretto, and a van will pick you up. Enjoy the great fishing, golf, exploring, water sports, or the spa. The Villa Del Palmar will give you the best Baja at surprising value. Enter the first Villa Del Palmar Loretto's Dorado Tournament. Stay at the resort, or we can recommend many fine accommodations. Villa Del Palmar Loretto.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back motor trend truck of the year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in the studio, and we have Marco with us. It's got, uh, <laughs> during the break, we were talking about what he was doing the other night. Uh, was it snipe hunting? Uh, sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> anyway, um, we have Grizz on the line with this, and we have Bart Larmouth from Ross Reels, and he was going to do one segment, but we're having so much fun, we're going to hold him around. Bart, you don't mind, do you? Not even a little bit, John. Okay. Now, this is, uh, you know what, let's go ahead and jump into that uh, uh, grunion. Yeah, so uh, grunion are a fascinating fish. Uh, they've been, uh, they're, they're sometimes hard to find. So they've they're been impossible to find. They're impossible to find sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so they, they're kind of in the same same class as snipe hunting and yeah. s- submarine races. Most yeah. most people think it's an excuse for young men to take young ladies down to the beach yep. in the dark. And right. uh, but uh, last night I uh, was down on the beach and uh, found some silver carpets. I mean, absolute hundreds and thousands of these. Well, grenades. you know, I hear stories about it. Apparently, they come in with the tide and they just swarm the beach. And where you just go out with a bucket. 
and pick them up by your hand and throw them in the bucket, or how do you do that? Yeah, so we catch them in California. They're only found in California. There is oh. a subpopulation that's found in Baja, uh-huh. but uh, the, the, the main population in California, it's only legal to catch them by hand, mm-hmm. so you can't even dig holes and try to trap them. They're actually surprisingly fast and hard to catch. All they need Wriggling is... Wriggling around on the sand? Well, yeah. they need... Well, they, they need, come out of the water, right? And right. And up on the beach? Right. So they, they wait for the biggest waves, and they... Uh, well, I'll back up. Two times a month from uh, spring to to uh, about October, on the two highest tides of the month, they ride at, at, at night. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the peak of that high tide, they're going to ride the whitewash in on the dry sand. Yeah. Uh, the female is going to wiggle her tail down into the sand, so about an inch of her head is popping out. Now, keep in mind, they're about five inches, um, five inches long, five to eight inches long, and um, uh, she's going to deposit her eggs, and then the male will wrap around her and do his business, and then they go back into the ocean, and they'll come back two weeks later. Wow. Now, every wave yeah. will deposit a little more sand, a little more sand, a little more sand, and by tomorrow, by the next morning, they'll be 12 to 18 inches deep. Oh, it- in yeah. the, on the berm, the highest so the, the point. Egg, the eggs will be in there. Yeah, and that's really nice moist sand, uh-huh. and it's also protected. You can walk on it, and that, that uh, yeah. weight is distributed so it's not going to crush them. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the fascinating thing. I did a paper on these in college, so that's yeah. why I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I am know yeah. a little bit about them. Uh, they will develop over those two weeks, and... On the next set of super high tides, when the water dribbles down and then impacts and shakes... Those eggs will pop open. So what you can do is you can go down to the beach and dig a, a wall, a, a kind of a vertical wall of sand, a hole, and you'll see a very thin layer when the grenin are in of, of grenin eggs. Now, oh. you can take those into a jar, put some water, put them in gently, put a cap on the jar, and you'll see they're little round fish eggs, like salmon eggs, but tiny. Mm-hmm. You shake it, and they pop. And the little fish come out. <laughs> so it's really fun. But here's, here's really the fascinating part is if that high tide isn't high enough, yeah. they can suspend animation for another two weeks and pop oh. on the following set of high tides. Hey, Bart, have you ever cut um, uh, one on a fly rod? Uh, absolutely not. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Marco. These things are like snipe. We don't even know where they go once they're not on the beach. It seems like so. That's actually uh, true. It'd be fun to try. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They well, make they make great bait. Um, and when the when the grunion are in, yeah. uh, the divers and the fishermen know to hit the beach because you're going to have white sea bass in there. You're going to have oh, calico, sand bass, following the bait. and you're going to have halibut. And they are incredible oh. bait for halibut, both live and frozen. Oh. They stay on your hook really well, and uh, they really, really do a good number. So if you, get, you go down there with a five-gallon pail, you fill it half full. And what do you do with them then? So uh, what we do is we take a, a, a milk carton, uh-huh. the uh, square-sided yeah. one, mm-hmm. and we will lay them in there and then freeze them in water. So they'll, they'll be preserved until the right. next time we go fishing. If we oh. want to eat them, yeah. they're delicious eating. They're, they're like a smelt. Yeah. Um, they're in the smelt family. Um, you take a pair of scissors, snip the head off. Snip down the belly, yeah, scrape gut, out the yeah. guts, mm-hmm. uh, bread them with flour, cornmeal, salt and pepper, and pan fry, and they're, you know, the original fish sticks. Wow, you never know what you're going to hear on Fish Talk Radio, do you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, uh, I got some good pictures, finally. They're actually really challenging to, to shoot because, uh, A, they don't like the light, and, B, they're typically there in the surf zone, which has a lot of mist, yeah. which doesn't work well with flashes. But I did get a couple dozen good pictures, and I'll be posting them up on our Facebook page. Okay. Great. Well, let's get back to Grizz and Bart and fly fishing and and uh, some of the uh, Bart earlier in the show we talked about what you might call people that are kind of crossing over uh between conventional and fly fishing. Uh and could you kind of continue that conversation a little bit? Sure. You know, it's uh once a lot of folks in the conventional side really feel like they've dialed it in, shall we say. You know, mm-hmm. they've kind of got, got the program down. They want a new challenge in a lot of ways. And fish, you can fish the same body of water you grew up fishing with a bait caster with a fly rod, and it adds a whole new element to it. And that's kind of the appeal in a lot of ways to folks. Uh, you've, and you've got that, that, that zen aspect that, like we're saying, the movie, you know, as we refer to it in the industry, um, yeah. the river runs through it. You know, the folks want to get away from being out and just cranking around on big boats and just kind of be quiet and be a little more with nature, as it were. And so it kind of brings you back that direction as well. So it's nice to be able to have all these different uh, ways to look at it and ways that the two connect. Well, you know, Bert, the, the thing about it is, is once you learn that you go to the store and you buy a lure, you put it on, you throw it out, and you crank it in. It doesn't, that's not a really a challenge. But the moment you take the tail of a squirrel, some chicken feathers, hackles, and you sit down and you tie a fly and you tie something that looks like what the fish are eating, you put it on a fly rod and you finessibly throw it in the water so it floats and a fish comes up and eats it. That's all what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, oh, sir. by the way, Bart, uh, we mentioned I was up in Alaska, and uh, for uh, salmon, uh, what seems to work the best is the uh, uh, pink hoochies. Nice, and absolutely. So, somebody sent me some saltwater fly rods. Now, I was cheating because I wasn't using a fly rod, but I tied some of those flies, you know, on the downrigger, and they work better than the hoochies. Excellent. And that, that's what they, you know, that, that natural material a lot of times just really has an effect. It just comes alive in the water where, you know, I, I'm never going to uh, complain about how well a stick bait works when you're dragging it through, <laughs> dragging it through a bass bed. But, yeah. you know, there's just something inherently natural about using uh, materials that kind of flow and move in the water, especially where you were for the salmon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it looks more like a piece of flesh floating down the stream or, or gaba eggs or something of that nature. And, you know, it can be uh, just a ton more effective at times. You know, we're not going to get the depth that you can get with conventional tackle, but as far as the action and making things look like... Well, when you uh, put it on a den rigger, you get all the depth you want. <laughs> yeah, well, then you can. Then you're just fine. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and you don't really need a fly rod. But, you know, there, there's also you're talking about the rod itself um, because of its, its uh, length and its flexibility. Uh, you know, it makes it so much easier to land fit, especially uh, something like a pink salmon that has a very soft mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't really put any pressure on it. And a fly rod gives you the ability, you know, to finesse it. 
not only finesse it, but you also, you know, you've got a little bit better leverage as well. So sometimes, even though you've got that protection of that tip moving to to keep it soft, you know, in those soft mouths and keep the fly in there, you know, it's it's you're at an advantage over that fish, and you can play it a little harder without having to work yourself mm-hmm. as hard. Yeah, just let it, just yeah, just let great. the rod fight the fish. All you have to do is hold on to it. Mm-hmm. Exactly right, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it was uh, it's it's a pretty neat thing neat thing to see for sure. Okay. Um, well, anyway, the, you know, we talked about, and again, we want to congratulate you, Ross, on your award at the ICAST show, um, because that's that's a big deal. I mean, you've got, I don't know how many hundreds of uh, manufacturers out there, and, you know, the world is changing with technology. Uh, where do you make your rods, or your reels, I mean? Well, right where I'm sitting, actually, we're in Montrose, Colorado, so the southwest corner of Colorado on near Durango and mm-hmm. Grand Junction, if those are familiar landmarks for anybody. Mm-hmm. And we've got, uh, you know, about a 25,000-square-foot ma- uh, machining facility right here, and we make Whoa. and source everything uh, in the U.S. 25,000. Wow, that's, yeah. That's oh, it's, a, it's good size. We've got well, lots, of, lots of machines running full tilt all the time trying to get these well, things Well, about how many rods do you put out in a, a day or a week or a month? Reels, John. <laughs> well, it, re- it varies on what the, which particular type of reel we're looking at, but on a, on a good week, we can produce about 2,000 reels, no problem. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, the, you know from, what, from what I know about Ross is it, it's, you know, they're not the most expensive, but they're high quality. So they are, you know, they're an affordable price range, but, you know, they're American-made and the quality is unprecedented. So, you know, you may not be paying a lot extra money for the name or you know what I'm talking about. But uh, if you're looking for something that works, and the reason I called you the first time was a friend of mine is a fishing guide, and I asked him about a, uh, um, who should I talk to about fly rods, Uh, Jason Grupp. And he says, uh, Reels, John. Thank you, Grizz. <laughs> You're welcome. Anyway, anyway, he says, "Well, Ross, of course." Yeah. So it 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 is something that uh, um, you know it, it it's in the affordable range. But any time that you buy a piece of equipment. If you buy the right stuff, you're going to have it forever. If you pay too little for it and it doesn't work, then you wasted your money. That's it, and that's the we're see, still seeing reels come in. You know, we've been in business for forty years. Okay, that they've been handed, you know, like stay handed right. down to. Hey, okay. that was my son's first reel, and that was grandson's go. first. Reel. Okay, well, anyway, go to uh, uh, rossreels.com. Grizz, uh, we appreciate having you on, and we're going to get some people to go to La Bocana, and then of, of course we've got some stuff coming up. We've got Marco in the studio with us. We appreciate you tuning into Fish Talk Radio. Please go to fishtalkradio.com. For your outdoor adventure in the West, CalParksCO.com is required. CalParks has 24 prime locations for camping, fishing, or boating. Lake Comanche has 54 miles of shoreline and three marinas west of San Francisco, known locally as Monster Lake because of the big fish in abundance. Lake Hemet is surrounded by the majestic beauty of tall pines and giant oaks in the mountains of Southern California, a majestic vacation spot. CalParks Company is your prime location for outdoor adventures in the West.
The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. S-A-N-D-O-S is how to spell luxury resort in downtown Cabo San Lucas. Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is the only five-star all-inclusive on the beach next to the marina in Cabo San Lucas. Angler-friendly Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is now an affordable world-class resort with the finest accommodations, food, and location anywhere. Enjoy your Cabo fishing adventure as you never have. Visit Sandos.com and use discount code FISHTALK. Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Always buy quality, and you will not be disappointed. AO Coolers, the lightweight, soft-sided cooler, will not disappoint you. Easy to carry, less room on the deck, and more efficient. AO Coolers fit the product inside for more performance. Once you try one, you want more. You will be proud to own one. AO Coolers outperform bulky, hard shell, and lesser soft-sided coolers. For types and how to find yours, go to aocoolers.com. Available at West Marine. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real fun adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real fun trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio, and we have the Grizz. And Grizz was telling us uh, about uh, fishing. He's in La Bocana, uh, again, which is uh, um, a place that if anybody's interested in going to, Grizz can certainly fix you up with cabins, the whole thing. It's flying to Loretto, and it's all taken care of at a very, very reasonable price. Uh, and they can it, get a hold of him through us, through the... Fish Talk Radio website? Oh, Grizz is everywhere. Grizz is everywhere. <laughs> but, yeah, you can email us on our uh, fishtalkradio.com website, and mm-hmm. we can put you in touch with them, and we'll put a link on there to uh, uh, to his uh, Facebook page and website, too. Okay. Sounds good. And that is uh, Grizz is overlooking. About, now, Grizz mentioned earlier about this gigantic yellowtail that he pulled in. But you also had some success with a white sea bass that he didn't get. So we didn't hear about that. Yeah, I want to hear about that. Okay, now, Grizz, your yellowtail, 
um, was like 80 pounds, and then, of course, you add the Grizz Factor, it's about 120, right? It would be 100 if I had the Grizz <laughs> Yeah, if I had the Grizz Factor, it would be 100. <laughs> okay. But anyway, Marco, tell us real quick about your experience uh, off the California coast. So uh, about a little over a week ago, I went out on a 50-foot Hatteras, which is just uh, sheer luxury to begin with. I uh, went up the coast uh, about an hour before dark, and we set up on some good-looking marks, and within an hour had an amazing squid float that lasted with us all night long, uh, so much so that we were able to braille them 30, 40 at a time with a net. Wow. Yeah, it was a full-on float. Uh, set the lines out, no bites all night, um, and at gray light, got bit on a bobber way back, way, way, way back, and when we brought it to the boat, was about a 60 or 70-pound thresher shark. Oh, really? And, you didn't uh, tell me about that. Yeah, so I leaned over and grabbed its tail and uh, very gently brought him on board, laid him on a towel, took the hook out, took a picture, and CPR we caught, released, uh, caught, photographed, and released. Yeah. Let him go to swim another day. And uh, by the time I reset all the lines, I had uh, just set up a new rig with brand-new 60-pound top shot with a three-way swivel, had a big mackerel. And, guys, I'll take some pictures and post up on our Facebook page on a really neat new way to hook mackerel. Hmm. Um, I'll make this quick. I just got a minute left. Long story short, got... Uh, Saw my rod bobbing about 10 minutes later, picked it up, and uh, let it go free spool for about 30 or 40 seconds, and it just got faster and faster and faster and faster. I set it into gear, and boom. I thought I had a big bat rate because it was dogging on the bottom. It never made that real sizzling run that sea bass do. Yeah. And uh, by the time it hit uh, deep color, it looked about six feet long, and uh, the captain jumped down, and we gaffed it. Uh, ended up 71 pounds. Wow, white Absolutely. sea bass. Monster. Oh, and that is now talk about table fare, white, delicious meat. Oh. And uh, you get, uh, well, of course, you also get uh, uh, white sea bass down there, Grizz. How far down do they go? I will basically, the only place I've caught them is here to the Volcana. I've never caught them down in uh, La Paz. I've or never caught south. them yeah. even in, uh, in San Carlos, yeah. John. Yeah, well, it sounds like at La Bocana you can get almost everything because I know in the estuary you get, uh, I mean, you, you can get halibut, you can get, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's, you got inshore, offshore. Yeah, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah, because you're going to get the California type fish that, right. that's the lower end of their range, but then you're going to have the Baja and offshore fish that's the you yeah. know middle or upper range of there. Mm -hmm. So uh, kind of best of both worlds. Okay, well, we're going to we're getting kicked out of here. FishTalkRadio.com and listen to the show anytime times you want, go to fishtalkradio.com. And then also, Grizz, uh, the best one for you would be ASOB Productions. Is that right? Uh-huh, dot com. ASOBproductions.com. And uh, if you're almost anywhere in the world, you can watch your shows on television because you've got about a third of the world covered now. Yep. Uh, Roku, we got it, Amazon and Apple TV, plus all my other network. Oh, this is so much fun. Thank you, Grizz. I really appreciate you coming on today. And thank you, Marco. Thank you.